Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. This is Resurrection Sunday, as many call it. Well, what about it? And what does it have to do with you and your future? Why do many Americans say he went to be with the Lord or something like that? Does the Bible ever say that anywhere? No. Why? Why not? And why do we say it if it's not biblical? And what about the resurrection? I mean, do you believe in it? Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? I happen to believe it. And why? Because people do not give up their lives to support a hoax. Let me say that a different way. People don't become martyrs because they uh, believe in something that's a lie. You could say Mickey Mouse was a spirit being who came from Mars and pretend to believe it and stuff, but you wouldn't give your life for it. You wouldn't give up your home for it or your wife and children. No, or your spouse. But the apostles, that is, all of them except John, did give up their lives for Jesus. Why? Because they could not deny it. They knew full well he was God. They saw him die. They saw him hang on that cross. And then once he was killed, once he was dead taken down from the cross, uh, prepared for burial, and buried in a rich man's tomb. All of that, and then three days and three nights later, he came back to life and appeared to over 500 people, many of which, at the time of the writing of 1 Corinthians 15, were still alive. And I'm going to read part of this to you so that you get an idea that will build your faith in Jesus and in the future that he is bringing with him when he does return. He said he would return. He said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's all prophecy, and it, it pertains to you and me and every other living human being and many who are already dead. A resurrection is essential. And let's face it, could there be a better way for all of us to come together at the same time? If one died and went to heaven, and then another one died ten years later and went to heaven, and another one two years later and went to heaven, or went to be with the Lord, then everybody would come up at a different time. They would not all be together. So that's the point. God devised a resurrection so that all of us, could come together at the same time at the return of Christ. So that's essential. That's really important to your future. 
And we need all of us. I need, just like you, to think about this and to realize its truth. The resurrection of Jesus proves that he is God, that he is alive today, and that you can believe that he is going to return as he said he would. So let's dig into this. Let's start in verse 1, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you if you continue. If you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true to start with. And I'm reading out of the NLT. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the scriptures said he would. He was buried And he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers, one at a time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later all the apostles. And last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw Jesus. Now this is Paul doing the writing here to the Corinthian church. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God, who was working through me by his grace. Verse 11, chapter 15, 1 Corinthians. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, or, well, we all. We all preach the same message you have already believed. For a reference, you can go to 1 Thessalonians 4.15. Verse 12. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why do some say there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, who said that? The Sadducees, Jews. For For if there is, and get this, For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then then all of our preaching is useless, and your faith is too. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. That can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, 
and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is for this life only, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, verse 20, Christ has been raised from the dead. And he would later, by the way, give his life believing that and not trying to deny it. He couldn't deny it. He saw Jesus after he was dead. He knew he was dead, deader than a hammer. And yet three days and three nights later, he's back alive again and appearing to many. Jesus is the first of the great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised at the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. There's no talk here of going to heaven or he went to be with the Lord or any such thing. No, they wait until the return of Christ to raise from the dead. That's when the resurrection of the righteous happens. Verse 24, after that, the end will come when he will return and turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. Do you realize what this means? That means that every army, every military group in the world will be defeated by Christ says, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power, that's what that means. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. You can also refer to Isaiah 34 and read what God says he's going to do to all the world's armies. It's not pretty. I'll, I'll just give you that. Of course, when it says all things are under his authority, that does not include God himself, who gave Christ his authority. Then, when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. Now, you can refer back to Isaiah 50, 57, verses 1 and 2. Some die to be saved from the coming evil. Spared. And that's what we all really want to be. We want to be spared from the coming trouble. And there is a lot of trouble coming on the world. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, 
and maybe not the year after that, but soon. So we need to watch. What, and, and that's exactly what Jesus told us to do. Watch. It's in Matthew 24. Verse 29, 1 Corinthians 15. If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized for the hope of those who are dead? The hope of the dead, in other words. Why do it? unless the dead will someday rise again. Exactly. Verse 30, And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. We don't. Thankfully, we in America at least do not face death every day. Every once in a while, yes but not every day, necessarily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for you and done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there were no resurrection from the dead? They would be defending a lie, because they told that Jesus was alive after dying on the cross. People thought that was really an odd idea. So they persecuted him and did a lot of things to him. Can you imagine being whipped on the back with a cat of nine tails, which has chips of bone and glass and, and, and metal? Uh, attached to these cords, and then your skin is ripped off by these things, getting 39 lashes, and doing that after it heals on top of those scars, and doing that five times in a row like the Apostle Paul was treated. Let me tell you, that would hurt. When you get a scar, and you get that scar injured, let me tell you, it hurts doubly bad. And to do that five times over, he went through a lot of pain. Let me tell you, that is um, very serious. And if there's no resurrection, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, like, there is no resurrection, that Jesus isn't God, Have you ever heard anybody say that, that Jesus is not God? They don't believe that. Well, the Jews don't believe it. The Muslims don't believe it. If you're a Christian, you should believe that. If you believe anything, you start with that, that Jesus is indeed God, that he's alive today, that he was raised from the dead, and is alive and working every single day on your behalf and mine and every other person on earth. He is returning as King of kings and Lord of lords. What a great day that will be, because he will take and put every single government and um, army and power of all kinds in their place. He will become their boss, their king, their ruler. 
So don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. You don't think it'll corrupt you? I think it will. Some things shouldn't even be talked about because they're axiomatic. They're true by nature. Think carefully about what is right, he says, and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. But someone may say, well, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. It's going to take some time. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow out of it, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you're planting. Then God gives it a new body as he wants it to have a plant. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh, one kind for humans, another for animals, and another for birds and fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from those of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and the stars each have a different kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will rise to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. Verse 45. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last man, Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Well, let's, let's look, at, look at this a second. If he's the life-giving spirit, then he is God. Would you not agree with that? I think you should. Verse 47, Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and the heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. You see, we will adopt or uh, be given a new nature. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever, which makes perfect sense. Would you want to live forever in your body now? 
no, no, I need a better body that can do more things, the same things that Jesus himself did. Resurrect people from the dead, for example. Heal people that were born blind. Make the lame to walk. Make the deaf to hear. You know, all those things that Jesus himself did, that's what we will be doing when we inhabit our new bodies. That's the way I see it. That's the way I think this scripture is telling us it will be. Verse 51, But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. So some of the people that are alive today will not die because they will live to see the return of Christ. And he will take them up into a new body at his coming. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. And it will happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will be also transformed. Our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. This is not something we can do without God. We can't be do-it-yourselfers in everything, including saving our skins, saving our lives. No, they have to be saved for us by someone who cares, and that is Jesus Christ. He loves you so much, he went through the hell of dying on a cross. There is no worse punishment ever for anybody. He knows what it's like to suffer and fear and die. But he wasn't being punished for his own sins. He was being punished for ours. That's what makes him great. That's one thing anyway. It's the beginning of a new life for each and every one of us, without which we won't have life. Verse 53, For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Now, I've talked to some people who say, uh, we're already immortals. Uh, no, I would disagree with that based on the Bible, based on 1 Corinthians 15. No, we're mortal bodies that are going to die. But that doesn't mean we're going to stay dead. It means the very next second of our consciousness we will be alive with Jesus right then and there, it will seem like. In other words, one second after you die, that's a, a title, I believe, by Mark Cahill. And I talked to Mark personally, face-to-face, -face, and I realized that I disagreed with the doctrine that he was giving out. So I told him, you know, I question that because of 1 Corinthians 15. And that's just what we're reading today. But 
At any rate, he's a great guy, by the way, and he's about seven feet tall. He's a big man, and he's a tall man, a great basketball player, and um, a great benefactor of many. He is a generous fellow. If you need money, at least he did when, when he came to our church in our area here in, in Florida. I admire him greatly. I really do. But that doesn't mean I accept everything that he says. One second after you die, you'll either be in heaven or hell. Well, no, it doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. So let's be careful how we hear, how we interpret, how we transform the Bible into what we believe. Let's believe it for what it is. Always ask for chapter and verse. If they can't produce that, it's not biblical. If it's not biblical, it's not worth believing, if you ask me. The Bible is extremely scientific, and we need to believe it. Verse 54, Then when our dying bodies have been transformed in bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Quote, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now, where's that from? It's the Greek version of Hosea chapter 13 and verse 14. Hosea uh, 13 verse 14 says, quote, should I ransom, the, ransom them from the grave? Should I redeem them from death? O death, bring on your terrors. O grave, bring on your plagues, for I will not take pity on them. And so that's a quote right out of Hosea. There's also several quotes in Isaiah, uh, not just Hosea, but Isaiah, like chapter 25, 8. And uh, let's see, anything else? No. Okay. I think there's one in the Psalms. That's what I was looking for, but I don't see it here. Verse 56, chapter 15, 1 Corinthians. For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God... He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior God and King. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and unmovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. We could take a lot of comfort from that. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I thank you for tuning in today. Today is a very important day because it at least is representative of an acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is our Savior God and that he is alive today. And through that, you and I have hope Hope in a resurrection that is coming soon when he arrives. 
He is coming soon, by the way. All the signs are there. Now, I'm not saying that all the prophecies have been fulfilled that need to be fulfilled before Christ returns. No, no, no. No, there is quite a bit left to do. So, anyway, study your Bible and learn about prophecy. That's what I'm trying to help you do. I'm trying to help you build faith. Until we meet again, you can go to the website, itellwhy.com. You can read my eight books there. You can print them as a free PDF. I don't have any advertising in the whole website. But you can watch the videos there, the several YouTube links that build your faith. Trust in him. That's what I'm all about. Trust in Jesus. Because without him, we don't have a future. Prophecy would mean nothing unless he is God. And that's the way it is. And again, people don't die for something, some idea, some theology that they believe is a hoax. They won't die for that. They won't take a bullet for that. But if they know, and they know that they know, that Jesus was alive, was killed, and then rose from the dead again, they will die for that because they can't go back on it. Once they've seen Jesus alive, there's no going back. And they knew that. So they went to their graves instead. So until next time, I hope you think about these things. I hope they give you hope. Hope in a resurrection. Hope in a future because of Jesus Christ, our God, King. So until next time, have a great rest of the day and rest of the week. See you next weekend.